Okay, good morning, gentlemen. We are on 17B, and um, we're going to start three lines from the bottom. And uh, we had a very unique and interesting concept that we're still digesting. Uh, today, it doesn't happen as much because we don't bring offerings. But uh, the concept is that even though Shavuos is a one-day holiday, that the whole week after is, is called the makeup days, the Tashlumen. And that means that the Korban, the, the main purpose, the whole idea of being going up was to be Olulariya, to go up and see HaKadosh Baruch Hu, have a meeting with Hashem. The main meeting takes place when you bring your offering. That's the Olas Riyah. But we said for practical reasons, they couldn't always bring that on that day. According to some opinions, they weren't allowed to bring it on that day because it was a private offering and it was fully burnt. So you're allowed to bring those offerings the whole week after. And basically, the, uh, that's like part of the holiday. But even though it's part of the holiday, uh, you're allowed to do work on those days, and it's not forbidden to work on those days. So it's just interesting, the concept of, of the makeup, the tashlumen, that you can still be celebrating the holidays days after it finished. Now, Sukkot and Pesach didn't bother us because Pesach, the whole week is Pesach, even if it's the days after. Or Sukkot, the whole week is Sukkot. But Shavuos, that even after Shavuos is done, now the Mishnah went a step further. The Mishnah said that you can even have funerals the day after. So you, normally it's a, it's a holiday means that you're celebrating and you can even have funerals on that day, and at the same day, bring your korban. That was the, that's what we were trying to figure out. We'll get back to that shortly. So the question was, what was the source of that? So we quoted two sources yesterday. The first source, let's go back to 17a. The first source was right at the beginning of the more Omreb Lazar, Omreb Osha. He said, He said, how do you know Shavuos has the whole weekday, and so he said it's because of the comparison to Sukkot and Pesach. That was his source. That was Rebbe Oshia. Uh, that was Rebbe Eliezer Omareb Oshia. And we turn the page, and then, um, actually, let's start from Debei Rebbe Lozer Ben Yaakov. Sorry for going up a little bit. Five lines up from the bottom. Now we have another source um, uh, that teaches us the rule of Tashlomen. He says, Omar Kra. The Pasuk says like this, V'kurasem, uh, which this is referring to Shavuos, U'pekatsirchem. It says, mentions the harvest uh, next to Shavuos. Ezeh chag What's the chag that has both? Havi omer zechag atzeres. That's Shavuos. So, um, and Amosai, and we, what, how can Shavuos be the time of the harvest? You don't work on Yantam. You don't cut, cut grain on Yantam. Amosai ilain biyantav katsir biyantav mishari. Alilav, it must be that there's part of the holiday that you're allowed to do work. What is that? The days after, the Tashlumen. So we see that Shavuos also has days of Tashlumen where you could bring your korban as part of the Chag, but you're allowed to do Malacha. So that's proof number two. Proof number two that we have Tashlumen after Shavuos. Why do we need both? Well, even though we already had a proof, as we said on Amad Aleph, about the, the comparison between Sukkot, Shavuos, and Pesach. So why do we need a second proof from Rebbe Lozer ben Yaakov? 
So the Gemara said, I'll tell you why we need both. Why? If we only had the first proof, the one we brought on Ahmed Aleph, well, the other days of Tashlumen, they were of Cholomoy, that you weren't allowed to do regular work. Maybe you're not allowed to go to work those days. I would have assumed that just like Sukkot and Pesach, you're really not supposed to work in a regular manner on those days. Maybe Shavuos also, during Tashlumen, Kamash Malon, that you are. It's, in fact, you're allowed to harvest. Harvest is hard work. So then, then, but let's ask the other way. Let's just learn Rav Lozer ben Yaakov then. If we only had Rav Lozer ben Yaakov that you're allowed to work on the days after the makeup days where you finish bringing the karbonos, lo yedana kama. I wouldn't know how many days it lasts. Kamash Malon from over there, the Rav Lozer that it's for a week. So therefore, the combination of the two teachings, they both tell us that there's Tashlumen afterwards. One tells us the Tashlumen, and you're allowed to work during Tashlumen, and one tells us the length, the whole week you have Tashlumen. Um, it, it's really not a, um, there, there is a, uh, a concept, why do we have like Cholomoid? Either it's Chol or it's Moed. Um, uh, the answer is that we have holidays, we have Shabbos and we have Yantuf, where since you can't do anything else, you're kind of forced to be spiritual. <laughs> There's nothing else. You daven, you learn, why not? You're not you can't do anything. You can't go shopping. You can't do this, right? But uh, we always tell ourselves, why does it have to be that you can't do anything? It would be so nice if you could just work a little bit and get, you know, get certain things done, check your mail. So what does Hashem do? He gives us cholamoid. He gives us days where we're allowed to work and they're part of the holiday. So how does that look? Does Cholomoid look like a holiday or does it not look like a holiday? What does Rosh Chodesh look like? What does Tashlumen look like? So we really do have holidays that you're allowed to work. What do they look like? Or do you still remember to celebrate them? Do you use them? Uh, Purim is a good example of that in a certain way as well. Um, in other words, there are days where you have a lot of leeway what you could do with your time. Do you use it to, as a Chag Lashem? Or is it only when we're really forced where you can't do anything else then, of course, we celebrate because you can't do anything else. But what about the days where you can? Do you, do you just do regular chores or do you make sure to do stuff that's uh, dedicated to the car? So it's really, uh, there, are, there are these days and we're saying Tashlumen is one of them. Okay. Reish Lakish, he has another proof. He said, Reish Lakish, Omer it's called Chag HaChatzer. Eza Chag This is similar to the previous one. But uh, where's the Chag where you celebrate and you cut? This refers to Atzeris. A Messai, what is that? He says that refers to the, as we said before, the, the days afterwards, the makeup days for the offerings. I don't understand what his opinion is that. We had that, like you said, we had that opinion. That was a Lazar ben Yaakov, This is. The Chag HaKatzer. It's a different Pasuk. It's different, but, but using the same reasoning. It's the same reasoning, pretty right. much, yeah. Okay, but it still begs the question. Why doesn't the Gemara ever talk about, well, okay, it's a season of, of you know, why does it have It's going to get there. Hold on, hold on. You're, get, you're jumping ahead. You're remembering from seven years ago. Okay, so Omer, Rav Yochanan, El if that's true, what about Chag which is, basically we're saying, since it's called the harvest, uh, that proves 
that there's a part of the holiday where you're allowed to work, and that what part that is, that, that's the Teshlub, and that's the makeup days. But actually, there was a question, Chagasukas is also called Elamiyata Chagasif. That's called the holiday of the gathering. And you don't actually gather on Chagasukas. Eza Chag Sheshbo Asifa, Havi Omerzeha Chagasukas. That's Chagasukas. Um, what's the difference between Chagasukas and Chagasvuas? One is where you harvest. You're not ready to bring it in. I think you have, yeah, it still has to be processed and still has to, that's, the, that's where you cut the, what's in the farm. Right, that's right. Gathering. Bundling, bundling it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's the, but it's a different word. I'll just say it's a different part of the, it's also probably a different crop. Uh, but, uh, but at any rate, uh, it's called Chaga also the holiday of the ingathering. What's a Chaga Omer Chaga Sukkos? Amosai. When do you do ingathering? If we're talking about on Yantuf, Malacha Yantuf Mishari, you can't work on Yantuf. Maybe it's talking about on Cholomoid Sukkos. That's when you do the ingathering. Uh, are you allowed to do that? Now, by the way, that's why the original custom was to decorate the sukkah with things that you harvest, fruits and vegetables. For some reason, we turned that to Chinese uh, decorations. I don't know what happened. <laughs> the old days, people used to hang up. The truth is, it's a little bit of a pain because if they get overripe or they, uh, they fall on you, they're not as, uh, there are other things that, uh, but that was the, 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 the part of giving thanks to, I guess if you were a farmer, you would take those things that you've grown and hang them up on your, you know, on your skak, on your, uh, decorate your sukkah with the, uh, the things that you've, uh, you've grown. So, but the more said, but uh, are you allowed to do a cholamoid? Obviously not. What does it mean? Like Chuck said, it means the holiday that comes in that season. So, therefore, it's not a proof. That's, that's exactly what you were trying to say, right? Okay. So, um, fine, uh, that's the question. Uh, that's Rabbi Yochanan's question or, uh, on Reb Reish Lakish. He's saying... It seems the first proof would still work, just not the second one. Or the first idea, the, the Rabbi Osha. Yeah, Reb Lazar ben Yad, uh, Reb Osha, yeah. Yeah, I guess that one. I think so. So, um... Now, the more wants to deal with the side point that is important to us, which is Michlal, but everybody does seem to agree, that you're not allowed to work on the in-between days. So again, we were focused until now on the Tashluman, on the days after uh, Shavuos, where you could bring the Korbanus, and there we said you really are allowed to work. And, and one of the reasons why, though, we said clearly that in the in-between days of Sukkot and Pesach, those are part of the days where you're not allowed to work. Where do we know that from? What's the, where, what's the concept of not working on cholomoid? It's called chol. It's called weekday. So now we're going to do the... This is the cholomoid sukkah. The Tanur Rabban. I'm sorry. Manahani uh, Mili. Where do we know this from? The Tanur Rabban. And the rabbis taught. It's It says celebrate Pesach. Now, it doesn't say celebrate. It says tishmor. Tishmor always means... Guard to make sure you don't do something forbidden. You, typically, it means that make sure not to work. So, he said, that's clear, slam dunk proof. You can't work on Cholomite. Rabbi Yonason says, He says, I don't need that. It's logical. If the first day is the holiday, the last day is the holiday, and there's no holiday before, and you still celebrate. Ulach Reim, the last day, there's no day after you still celebrate. Aser Messias Malacha, we don't do work. Cholosh which is the middle of the sandwich. 
you have the sandwich. You got the two holidays. So obviously, if the sandwich you can't work, so what's in in the sandwich? The cholamoid you can't work. In other words, you got the yummy tov before it. You got cholamoid in the middle. It's part of that same sandwich. So certainly you can't work on cholamoid. Not logical. I don't like that proof at all. <laughs> <laughs> so the verse says, uh, I, I hear the. I mean, you have to hear the concept that if you if you have holiness before and you have holiness after, so and the so middle you is part. Work at all. What? That logic, you shouldn't have to work at all during yeah. homeboy. That's what he's saying. Yeah, that's, that's what that's we're saying. But, it's, yeah. but, that, but that's not the case. We can do some work. So, it's, so you're cautious so. because you know what the halacha is. Right. right. Yeah. What, what do you want to say, Steve? Yeah, so I was, that's what I was trying to say the other day on Shabbos that. These kavachomers are based on, are they based on human logic or Hashem's logic? Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, Hashem says that one of the methods of that we're allowed to use is kavachomer. That's one of the, uh, the 13 principles. The only thing about kavachomer is that you could get shut down. That's the, that's the thing about it with logic. So it's human logic. But you, uh, it can be shot down, meaning that it can be, if, if, uh, if there's a pircha on it, then the kavachomer falls to the wayside. If there's no pircha, then, uh, then it wouldn't. So, um, that's also why we couldn't punish Facebook. But let's see, the more is not done yet. Yeah. So the more does have a pircha, the more is going to shoot it down. But we're, it's okay to ask. It's really an interesting concept. You're supposed to use logic. You're supposed to try to make inferences but then you have to see if it's going to stand up to scrutiny. So the Gemara says, well, what about the six days of creation? You have Shabbos before it, and you have Shabbos after, and you're allowed to go to work. Why don't you just say, well, Shabbos is coming, so I can't work today, Shabbos is coming. So the Gemara says, well, during the Musaf, you don't bring a Musaf. Musaf means holiday. Now the Gemara throws in something else to the Chavachomer. That not only do you have a day before and after, but you're bringing special offerings. So doesn't that tell you something? So then the Gemara says, Rosh Chodesh Yochiyach. The Gemara says, well, what about Rosh Chodesh? Rosh Chodesh has a Korban Musaf, and you're allowed to work a Mutamistias Malacha. So the Gemara says, Maila Rosh Chodesh in Kore Mikre Kodesh. Rosh Kodesh isn't called Mikroe Kodesh. Mm-hmm. So now we're learning a new thing. The Cholomoid, it's not just that it has a holiday before and after. It also has a Musaf, and it's also called Mikroe Kodesh. So there are reasons that we think that it should be included. Um, that's a deeper subject, what Mikroe Kodesh means. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gemara assumes that the, the only between Cholomoyed and, uh, and, and the, the, the Yantif at the beginning and the end has to do with Asiyah's Malacha, right? In other words, it's saying that the, if you have Cholomoyed sandwiched in between, there must be something special about it. Right, right so that's correct. Mm-hmm. But what's special about it is that you can't eat hummus for Pesach. So why not, why, why not say that, oh yeah, it's a seven-day holiday where you can't eat hummus the entire holiday, but during the middle of the holiday, do whatever you want other than eating hummus. How do we know to limit it to that? I mean, in other words, what's, 
You, that's correct. You are you're absolutely correct. Maybe it's more than that too. That, that, that's really what the Gemara wants to know is we know the Cholamoid is different, but in what way is it different? Which things are allowed, which things are not? Yeah. Um, okay. I, I, I'm just saying, though, what does it mean, Mikroi Kodesh? Um, uh, it's called holy. It has, it's, it's given, it's, it's mik, whatever. They, um, yeah, so that's, that, that follows the format which is laid out in Parshish Emar, um, where it gives you the seven, seven Mikroi Kodesh. <laughs> Yeah, there is Rashi says Mikra Kodesh Mashra Kitshehu Basias Malacha. He says that it, it's uh, you make it holy. It could be this is answering what you said. You're saying you should make it holy by eating matzah. But Rashi is saying the more is assuming Mikra Kodesh means make it holy by not doing work. And I think, Dr. Yaffe, you answered your own question. In other words, because the comparison is to the other Yom Tovim where you don't have, those are Mikra Kodesh, and those don't have the matzah component. But right now it's using Kalvachamu from Pesach. I mean, I understand. Well, I know, but we threw in Mikra Kodesh to the mix. And the, so that, that, part, that part of, we're saying that it's, so far we're saying three things. It has the holiday before and after, the sandwich. It has the, um, uh, um, the Musaf. And then it also has Mikra Kodesh. Those, are, those three things we want to say together tell you that you better not work. I would say that when you have the Cholomoid, which is only Pesach and Sukkot, so there's something that, other than Asiyas Malacha, that sets them apart. You have to sit in the Sukkah on Sukkot, and you can't eat comments on Pesach. So. Uh-huh. Okay, all right, I hear where you go. So, the, um, okay. Now you're at, you're, okay. so let's see the Gemara. So that's that opinion. So that, that we're now leaving that opinion for now. His opinion is, again, that the reason Cholomoyed is Asr because you see that it, it is, ha, does have a Musaf, and it is called Mikre Kodesh. Tanya Edek, we learned another opinion. It says, don't work. You're not allowed to work. Rabbi Kiva says, What are we talking about? If we're talking about the first day, we already know it's a Shabbos, and it's a day where you got to rest. Um, we learned another place. So whenever the Gemara does this, it, it's kind of like building. But it, there's another concept, though, also. Sometimes if the, you say another opinion, it means the previous opinion was not correct. But this, oh, right, yeah. but this says, like, I don't need it. Not that I disagree with what you're saying. It's really not necessary because it's really pretty clear you're not allowed to work on Cholomoy. Let's try again. Just like the seventh day, you can't work. I would say you can't do anything. On the seventh day, you can't do nothing. So this also, we need this because you are allowed to do some work on Cholomoid, right? So what is it that you're allowed to do? So the Gemara now says an interesting concept. The verse leaves it over to the sages to figure out what you could do and what you can't do. That's left over to the sages. Um, 
So it means that this, the, the certain things that Torah didn't go into, that it kind of left uh, details unsaid, that some things you could do, some things you can't do. Uh, that's, uh, let's see the Rashi here, important Rashi. Hare, um, so now that we're finished with the, uh, the, the, the part that tells us about Cholomoid, that you, again, we had four or five drushes, you're not allowed to work Cholomoid, but the sages have the details. Let's see Rashi. Uh, it means to say the following. It says that certain days are totally off limits, but not all the days. It doesn't say what you're allowed to do and what you're not. Go and see. The sages would know which things to say you're allowed to do. Which things to say you're not allowed to do? Which is yontif, which is forbidden? They'll tell you something that um, you could do later. Okay, let's see the tosus now. Um, the truth is, we've opened a can of worms which is the Cholomoy. Cholomoy is really quite complicated, this whole concept of... Uh, we don't have anything else like it. Uh, it's unique. The idea that it's uh, pretty clear the Gemara says you're not allowed to work, but there, the sage, on the other hand, we had the final drasha that there's certain things that are allowed. So let's see, Tosas. Cholomoy is second from the top. L'chayra mashma. I love that word, l'chayra. That's like what they call that a yeshivish word. It's l'chayra, like... Anybody want to say what? It appears. It appears. It like, doesn't come across as very decisive. Yeah, l'chayra means like, hmm. The Gemara like appears. It sounds like the Gemara, mashin alacha mitzvah be midirais. The Gemara seems to want to say you can't work minatora and chalamoid, right? The Gemara says, we brought like five drushes, <laughs> right? It's not, sometimes you find like just one pasuk, so that's a hint. But when you bring four or five opinions and everybody agrees you're not allowed to work, that implies to work on Cholomoid, the Molochah, the Mitzvah, Midiraisa, the Makhle, Pasuk, because we brought Psukim. The Kain, Perik, Dalad, the Beis, Moid, Katan, Lomi, Boy. Abba, Midirab, Lomi, Boy, Avod, the Midirabonin. Not only working for a mourner, which is only forbidden Midirabonin for a mourner to work. El, Afilo, Cholomoid, even Cholomoid, we're working Zdiraisa. So that, that Gemara actually says working on Cholomoid with Minatora. So we have two Gemaras that imply that it's an Isser de Raisa. The Kain Pirish Hasim, the countries, and that's the way Rashi learned. The Kashir Lerbeinu Tam, the Rebbeinu Tam says, I don't get it. If it's really doubly forbidden Minatora, in Kain Dover of it, how is it that um, if, you, uh, if something will get ruined, if your crop, if you don't pick it now, will get ruined, you're allowed to pick it. If there's work to do, uh, that if you lose your job, if your employer doesn't like you taking off a whole bunch of days cholamoid, and he's going to look disfavorably, he's not, he's not going to hire people who take off twice a year or an extra week. So that's called davar oven. The common malachas to sharina, and you're allowed to turn on the lights. You're allowed to drive to shul. Hey, hey, mystery. How are they permitted? Where do you find it's something that's forbidden minatora? Kind of. Some things, it's forbidden in the Torah if, there, if you uh, could do it later. But if you can't do it later, it's permitted in the Torah. Where do you find such a thing? 
So Tosus is asking, he's, he's surprised. He's saying, I don't get it. And he says, He's saying it's not a yantaf. So now he has the Gemara, which implies, so again, he, Tosus is, uh, we're making this complicated. We have our whole Gemara, four or five drushes. We've got the Gemara in Moin Katten, which says it's Asadir Isa. And yet we've got a, another Gemara, which implies it's not a yantaf. And we're saying you're allowed to work davra of it. It's a, and they're forbidden to work in order that you eat and drink again and learn Torah. And instead, all they, they forget about the learning Torah, they just go on Cholamoy trips. That implies that it's only forbidden What happens if you did? The question is, is there a kanas? So, Tosas basically has brought a few proofs that it's midirabanan. So now we have the big contradictions. Is it midatorah? Is it midirabanan? What are we going to do? So his first approach is, that case isn't so strong. Uh, that has to do with the more He could mean it's like minatora. Um, but He's dealing with that Gemara. What it's sometimes Minah Torah means there are certain things that are anchored in Torah. Smach Minah Torah, you could say it means. But at any rate, let's go to the answer. Um, again, is it Minah Torah? Is it Midrash? Mr. He says, really, it's not. Uh, it's not that it's not permitted Minah Torah. Even across some kinelay mitzer lo swore luke mekra deshari beheja. Uh, he's basically saying it's it's uh, That's what he's saying. It's midirabanan, but you have but the Torah seems to want you to take it seriously. But not like the Rashbam who says in Arvipsakan, so uh, basically, we're having a big argument if Malacha on Cholamoid is forbidden Minat Torah or forbidden Midrabanan. Now, by the way, just because it's forbidden Midrabanan doesn't mean that uh, that's okay, but it, it turns out it's a big machlokus. That's uh, exactly how forbidden is it. Tosis is basically saying, like, is it possible that certain things are, are forbidden Minat Torah and certain things are totally okay? He doesn't hear that. Whereas Rashi did hear that, if you said Rashi said the Torah gave it over to the sages uh, to figure out. So, but again, so Cholamoid, I'm just pointing out, is a machlokus we shown him here. I mean, Rashi still doesn't sound like it's mutzalichatila. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, an issue. Rabban, that, that they're, you know, you know, they're calling kulas, or you know, there, there are discussions to be had, but um, it doesn't come across like okay, you off the hook. Yeah, I mean, even if it's for only midirabanan, it sounds like it's stronger than the average midirabanan. Tosis is saying it's a midirabanan that has hints to it from the verses. I mean, our Gemara does, does a pileup. 
Meaning, our Gemara goes out of its way to show four or five reasons why you don't want to work on Cholomoid. So it, it doesn't sound like just, oh, the rabbis were, just want you to be careful. No, there's, there's something else going on here. There, clearly, it's a, uh, there's something else going on here. Is the issue of Asmachta? Is that what you do all the time in this case? Is that the, the Torah versus the Asmachta? It, it, it uses it, it says, Kivan de Achros Sam Kinele Lemitzer. That's a little different. Yeah, so what does that mean exactly? It means that, that the Psukim told the Rabbana to forbid it. But that's according to Rashi. That's not, a smakta is a little different. Smakta is that if, you, if there's something that's true, you should find a hint to it in the Torah. That's like a hint. This is more than a hint. This is like very strong. I, I'm just saying the wording to me sounds stronger than a smakta. The, yeah. But okay. And, but the bottom line is um, there's a debate about whether it's forbidden in a Torah mid Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, where did the uh, where did the Dover Ava come in? That was an exception they made when they made the original. Well, Kana. is it Minatora? Is it Midrabbanan? <laughs> so if, if it's Midrabbanan, then maybe that's how the rabbis did it. But if it's Minatora, where the, that's a bigger question. But Rashi learned. Rashi threw that in. Rashi said the Torah gave it to the rabbis to decide, and that's what the rabbis decided. So Dover Ava, if it's the Rabbanan, then. That's part of the Takana they made up for of an exception, right? Right, right, that's right. If it's, uh, Torah, if it's Minotaur, then they have to figure out how do we know Davarava mm-hmm. is an exception, right? Unless you learn like Rashi, Minotaurah, they gave the rabbis the right to decide. The Torah does tell you to listen to the rabbis. Or the Torah tells you to legislate. So that doesn't mean that just because you've legislated, it's not Hashem's will. Hashem told you, I want you to make rules. I want you to... Um, so, therefore, there's certain tensions. So, for example, on a yantuf, there's a mitzvah to have v'samachta uh, b'chagecha, celebrate. So, do you have to drink wine on cholomoid? Is there a mitzvah to have meat on cholomoid? Uh, um, is there, uh, do you wear tefillin on cholomoid? All of these questions are because of these tensions. Uh, if, it's, if it's not aser men Torah, if it's only, if it's only, you could argue, if you don't wear tefillin, then you, um, then it's aser men Torah, right? Otherwise, why don't you wear tefillin? So again, or yeah, if if yeah. you um, if you're wearing if you're not wearing tefillin, that means you hold it's an aser midiraisa. Yeah. So you 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 have to be more careful not to work on cholamoid if you don't wear tefillin. If you wear tefillin, that means you hold it's uh it's a uh, the truth is that's not that's not the total the total issue, well, but that's that also be what the rabbis could legislate to It could be. It could be. So that's just a good, I'm just pointing out that there, there, that you have this big issue here between Rashi and Tosus, how to understand how forbidden is it? Uh, clearly, it's 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 different. Okay, back to the Gemara. Mm-hmm. Also got to define it's, it's not Rashi well. that says that. What? It's not Rashi that says that it's that it's, it's, it's midrash, but in the Gemara it says says lo What does that mean? I mean, how do you interpret that line? That's the the Tosu said that our Gemara sounds that it's 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 forbidden Menatora. That um, right, but, 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 but the Gemara says that the details, the parameters. All right, so all right, but that many parameters are left to the rabbis to figure out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting that Hashem would leave it to us to figure out, unless He deliberately f- said, you know, you'll have to make the rules that sometime you'll know better. Like, can you drive? Can you not drive? Can you put on tefillin? Can you not? Can you? 
Okay. Anyways, back to the Gemara. But it is cholamoid is complicated. But I just wanted to, this is this is where you get that flavor. This tosus and our Gemara. But our Gemara definitely was piling on about Minatora. Um, the last part of Tosa is interesting because everybody points to that Mishnah in Pesachim about Mavaza Esamoados, where that's Cholamoid. Tosa says it's not Cholamoid. <laughs> that's you know, the real, uh, but most people do learn it is Cholamoid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was the, at the end of Tosa. Okay, back to the Gemara. So we've got a whole, a whole other, uh, some more issues to deal with. Umutje Behespet of and we said the days of Teshwoman. The days after Shavuos, you're allowed to have funeral speeches, even fast. Now, we don't say Tachlan on those days. Those days are a holiday. So why would we allow sad things to happen then? So the reason was very specific, because there was a sect of uh, strange Jews that were uh, celebrating Shavuos on that day. And so we wanted to show that it's not Shavuos. Uh, and therefore, that's why they allowed the funeral speeches. Bahatanya, we learn Maisu Meis Alkasa, Alkasa, Mr. Alkasa passed away in Lud. Great person. Veniktusu Kol Yisrael Sofra. Everybody was getting there ready for the funeral, and the speakers had these long speeches. You know, they they came up to the with a long list of things to read, and Rev Tarfin said, "Stop." Well, Onika Rev Tarfin, no, no, no speeches today. Because this is the days of Tashlumen of Shavuos. So the more said, You can't have a funeral. <laughs> of course, it wasn't Yantav itself. You see that the day uh, at, of the, where they bring the Korbanos, you're not allowed to have funerals. Rav Tarfin shut down the funeral. So the more so, but I thought our mission said you could have a funeral on that day. So the more said, Lokasha, Kan if Yantav falls out on Sunday, that's when the, that sect used to think that that was the day to celebrate Shavuos, because it says in Machos the day after Shabbos. But Kan Yantav If it's during the week, then there, then you don't have funeral speeches. Then that was a very specific thing to show them that it wasn't Shavuos. As we turn the page, new chapter, new concept. Um, now the the we're heading in the the final week. Now we. Um, Chagiga is a t- kind of offering, and there are different rules when you're bringing holy cows, when you're bringing offerings, how to uh, treat the food uh, that you come in contact and and the level of purity you have to be in to eat offerings. And uh, so we're, we're going to get into some of that over here. So we begin. Um If you uh, want to uh, eat uh, bread... Uh, you have to wash your hands. You have to wash your hands for chulin or for meiser sheni or for truma ula kodesh. Um, I'm sorry. For those things, you have uh, you have to wash uh, your hands. That's one level of holiness. Before you eat, wash your hands. Ula kodesh. Now, what about for a korban or for kodesh? Washing hands isn't enough. Mat bilin. You need to dunk them in a mikvah. Ulechatos, the hands. Oh, just your hands. Just your hands, yeah. Ulechatos. Now, what about paraduma? If you're involved in that, which is extra purity, in mitmu of nitmu gufa, then you got to dunk the whole person. You got to jump in a lake. Okay. Tavu lechulin. What happens uh, if you were careful to be pure for chulin? 
Basically, we're going to see that there's different levels of holy food as far as how pure you have to be to eat them. And if you were careful on one level, that doesn't mean that it meets the requirements for another level. In other words, what we're going to see is there are multiple levels of caution and the degrees of holiness. So if you washed your hands for chulin, that doesn't mean you're ready for meiser. Tovula meiser, if you were tovul for meiser, hooksuk lemeiser, truma, you're not ready for truma. Tovul truma, if you were ready to eat the holiness of truma, hooks the truma, kodesh, you're not ready for korbanos. Tovul kodesh, hooks the kodesh, asulakatos. You're ready for holy korbanos, but not for the paraduma. Tovul chamor, if you were following the extra levels of the, of the caution, Impurity, mutter um, you can definitely eat the lesser things. Tovo velo if you tovo, then you just weren't paying attention, kilo lo tovo, then it doesn't. You have to have in mind to be careful with these things. It's very easy in those days to touch a creepy. You know, if you touch the produce or to uh, walk on the side of the road where somebody was buried or to, um, they said even if you talk to certain people and they spritz when they talk, uh, you could, uh, in other words, if you, there was a person who wasn't careful with the laws of purity and they spray when they talk and you're close enough to get, uh, so they, um, uh, they had, the, for those, uh, the Tamil Chachamim, they kept social distancing. They, uh, they kept, <laughs> well, now you could wear a mask, but they, 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 if they talked to Amor, they made sure that uh, spraying distance, they stayed away. Well, yeah. I just said from Rashi. I, uh, the question was how right, Rashi knows. Right, right, I understand. That's what Rashi says. But how does he know? Because I, I would read it like, Not only is I am l'chulun, da'af, l'lamayetra, v'lutrumu, l'kodesh, matbilin. Right, so... Right, so <laughs> right. Sometimes you know it from the the end of the halacha, but uh, you're right. If we didn't have the final halacha, we might not have known it at this point. Okay. Now, uh, for the same reason, uh, what about clothing? So, big day amoritz. If um, uh, you would want to uh, go to Goodwill and get some borrow or borrow some clothing from the neighbor, medrash leprusim. Those would be considered impure for. Um, so, especially women's garments, and women who wear them at the wrong time of the month, the garments would become impure. And uh, the, the people that didn't follow the laws of purity, their clothing would be, uh, for the purushim, for the people that are careful, would be impure. Medris means it would be like something sat on by a nida, by a woman at the wrong time of the month. Big day purushim. Now, if you're a, a careful normally in the, at least the laws of family purity not to, not to have impure garments... But that still won't work for a Kohen. Medris lochei truma. Vigdei lochei truma, medred lechodesh. That's for the eating of karbanos. Vigdei kodesh, medris lechatos. So we have the same, same, the same different levels. Again, we'll see what they are later, but each, there's different levels of purity. Uh, well, we'll see. Yosi ben Yozer, hayachosesh shibakuna. He was the most pious Kohen you ever met. Vaisa mitvachas, medris lechodesh. And his hanky, his, his, but still, it wasn't uh, holy enough for Kodesh, it was just holy enough for Truma. He was always careful. 
but even he didn't follow the chatos. The highest standard is the paraduma standard. That's the gold standard of purity, is the paraduma, which makes sense. The paraduma is everything hinges on paraduma. That was, they were the most cautious uh, with that. Um, so, um, uh, okay, that's true. But, uh, yes. Why can't you just wash the garments you were talking about that was impure? Wouldn't that make it pure? Uh, you'd have to take it to the mikvah. Uh, in no, addition to, not? you'd have to wash it first and then take it to the mikvah. To, because oh, why, not? why not? What's the problem? Oh, there's no problem. In fact, they used to wash by the lake, so it would be kind of easy, right? Right. That's right. Uh, but before they would use it, they should wash it first. Uh, um, before you donate the clothing to Goodwill, make sure to clean it first, right? That's it. But some people, they'd rather give it dirty, you know? That's the whole thing. Come pick it up, however it is, right? Um, there's some sadiqa, they dry clean their clothing before they give it away. You know, they want people to have nice things, you know, at least it should be clean. Like, that's a, that's a, high, that's a, a, a nice way to do chesed, is the people that, that, you know... Okay, let's see the Gemara. So then the Gemara has a question, though. We said that you have to, I, I kind of um, jumped the gun, really. I said that washing for bread when I said chulen. But the, more, the Mishnah didn't say that. The Mishnah said that you have to wash before any food. It's a good idea to wash your hands. You know, during the Black Death, they couldn't figure out why the Jews weren't dying like the uh, non-Jews were. Because the Jews had a strange custom that they always used to wash their hands before they ate. You know, it was like, a, uh, and that, that actually saved them from a lot of, you know, if you... If you wash your hands before, because they always ate bread, and so they always washed, and, and that alone would have, what? Uh, correct. They washed their hands after the bathroom too. So they, but they didn't know it at the time, but that's what saved their lives. And so they said, well, the Jews must have put a, um, a curse on the. They were poisoning the wells or whatever, or the. Uh, but uh, they basically certain. So, uh, but we're saying you have to wash for chulin. But the Gemara says, are you required? Me boy, Didn't we learn the following? What's the laws of truma and first fruits? So if a non-Kohen eats them, he's in trouble. He deserves death. And he has to give it back and add the fifth. But Asilazar is forbidden to a non-Kohen. Yeah. It means he did at the hands of heaven. The courts don't kill him. Yeah. The hey nixe coin, and it's the property of the Kohen. It's, it, it's nullified in one in a hundred, not one in a sixteenth. And you have to wash for these things. The hair of Shemesh. And not only that, it's not enough to, uh, if he went to the mikveh, he has to wait till nightfall. This is true by Truma and Bikurim. But Meiser Sheni, you don't have to wash for, and certainly not Kulin. Kasha, Meiser, Meiser, Kasha, Kulin, Achulin. So it's a double kasha. Do you have to wash for chulin and do you have to wash for meiser? This seems to imply you only have to wash if you're a kohen and eating truma and, and bikurim and first fruits. But you don't have to wash for regular everyday bread or everyday food. And, and, and you don't have to even wash for meiser sheni. So bishlemer, meiser, meiser, lo kasha, meiser, you can answer, hi rabbeir, hi rabbanim. There are two different opinions about meiser. Where do you see that? Anything that, that requires you to wash by the uh, rabbinic law, is enough to make something holy and pure. You're not worried about it. So by Meiser, there's an argument whether you have to wash or not. 
So we can uh, that we see two opinions on that. That's how we answer the contradiction. That one opinion says, Meister, you have to wash, and one opinion says, Meister, you don't have to wash. But Chulin, I thought everybody agrees, Chulin, Chulin, Kasha, that we're saying that you don't have to, um, one, it's, we said clearly in our mission, you always got to wash before you eat. And here we say you don't have to wash for regular non-holy food. When you eat, you have to wash. But just when you touch it, you don't. You can touch bread without washing. Why when, is that? Like it's, like, well, no, you well, take the bread to your table, not <laughs> wash it yet, then you have to wash before you eat it. Um, So, because when you go shopping, you you don't have to wash your hands before you go shopping. You go to the supermarket and you pick your food, you don't have to wash. Before you eat it, then you have to wash. That's uh, before it goes into your mouth. So you could wash the food again too if you want to, but you don't. You know, it's a little hard to wash. I understand. Chuck is asking why if why are you allowed to touch the bread without washing if you're like it, it could just be it's not a good it's a good idea to wash your hands before you touch the food too but we're just saying at a minimum before you put it in your mouth before you t- you should wash that's the you want to be stricter I know you're a machmer you like to be machmer that's, a, that's I understand that that's a, that's okay it's a, a, right right. It, it, but it, he's saying it's very fu- it's a very funny it's a funny concept to touch bread and not have to wash but when you eat it then you have to wash that's a funny concept that's true okay I agree but they were misogyn where they were misogyn and where they weren't misogyn anything goes right right that's what we're saying okay until now, they only argued about eating meiser to wash. But touching meiser or eating chulin lo palik. So clearly, they, they, you're not required to wash even for chulin. Uh, so back to the drawing board. How can the Mishnah say you've got to wash for food? Really, both cases are talking about eating. It's only for eating bread that you have to wash. If you're not eating bread, you don't have to wash. Now, again, it's a good idea to wash anytime you eat. Good idea, very good idea. But the, the rabbis didn't put it in all cases. They only put it on bread. Bread was common and it was the staple of the meal. But only when you eat bread are you... So what do we do? We find a hundred ways not to have to wash when you eat bread. <laughs> That's, we're working very hard. Um, so like I said, we have, today we have wraps. So people want to have corn wraps that don't have bread. And, um, and then the, the svardim, uh, if you make it with fruit juice, you don't, it's, it's a pastry, it's not a bread. And we don't want to eat enough pizza that you have to wash so we can use our dirty hands when you... Uh, so we try to get around, uh, as it is, we try very hard to not wash. But the right. bottom line is, you only have to wash for bread, you don't have to wash for fruits. So what about that technique that sometimes people use where they, they wrap the, they put something on the hand between, like in this position between the hand and the bread? Some how, pe- would that, how would that help if you're anyway allowed to touch bread uh, if you're not eating it? It's just when you're eating it, you can't... Right, how, right. how would that do anything? That's, that's a good point. Not sure it does. Um, uh, some people say it's better than nothing for when you're on a plane, you know, or something like that. There's that discussion. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you know you don't have to wash for bread, for fruit? If you eat a fruit, you've got to wash your hands. Now, again, we're not suggesting you should eat fruit with dirty hands. I've, that's common sense. 
But when are you required, even if you think your hands are clean, when are you required to wash when you eat bread? If you want to eat fruits, you're not required. If you wash for eating fruits, you're, you're arrogant. You're, you're like showing off. I'm extra holy. Uh, by the way, Pesach night, we're all extra holy. Uh, Pesach night, where we wash before we eat the karpas, uh, raksa, that's because we, uh, we want to go the extra nine yards. We want to show we're like angels. If you washed your hands and you meant to keep them clean, they're pure. If you don't really, you're not careful. Now, by the way, um, if you scratch your sweaty skin, or they didn't bathe very often, or just touch areas that, where there's sweat, the rabbis, the, really your hands aren't clean anymore. That's also not, uh, so if you are not careful, a person isn't careful, you could easily, in the old days, people had lice. They would, you know, they would go in and scratch their belly and, you know, they're in, sometimes you don't want to see what the chefs are touching when they're cooking, you know, that's the, because uh, they scratch, you know, they touch parts of their body. But we're intrinsically taught that once you wash for bread, like that's what the yarmulke is for. If you have to scratch your head, you know, you use the yarmulke, you know, or you get used to that or your glasses, you scratch your ear or the, because once you touch those areas, your, your hands are no longer ritually clean. So, uh, so if you're not careful, your hands are tekena, matfil yadav. And same thing, if you dunk your hands in the mikvah, this kavin, if you intend to do it, yet a Torah, it's not this kavin. So let's say you're pulling the golf ball out of the lake. You know, your golf ball went in, you know, you're golfing. And it, 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 I, when I was younger, I had that mazel. It always landed in the water. So you go in the water. So you didn't intend to wash your hands um, by dipping them in the lake. No, it's kavin, you had tomatoes. I, Vatanya, didn't we learn Bainis Kavan, Bain Lonis Kavan, Yadav Torah? See, if, if somebody washed your hands, even if you weren't thinking, it works. Uh, we'll leave that for tomorrow.